Welcome to another true crime podcast, a How Did We Get Here production. This is yet another podcast where two unhinged adults talk about the awful stories behind the most infamous killers, wild cults, and just about anything that'll make you ask, did I remember to lock the front door? This podcast will touch on a pretty wide range of gruesome topics and is not meant for children or the faint of heart. Listen at your own risk. Hey guys, Future Nova here. This episode ended up being over two and a half hours long, even cutting it down. So whereas we didn't talk about it before in the beginning of the episode, I wanted to let y'all know that we are cutting it into two parts. So this is part one of the Branch Davidian cult. Um, Nani does a fantastic job and I know I enjoy Hated It. So I hope that y'all enjoy Hate It as much as I do, but you get two doses of this. You're going to hear the first part this week and the second part next week. And I hope you enjoy both of them. So here we go. Hello. Hi. Welcome back to another true crime podcast. We're your hosts, Nani. And I'm Nova. And we're going to talk about something awful like usual. Yeah. (laughs) Today we're talking about, in like the fashion of how we usually do this, we are learning about cults today. Yeah, because it's Nani's turn. Yeah. Um, And I will say, this is probably the first instance where I was low-key rooting for the cult. Yeah, you said like the... The members, right? Not the yeah, not the members, leader. not the cult leader. No, he's garbage. He's <laughs> garbage. He's insane. Well, okay. Did we not do that? No, we didn't. I was thinking about the one with the plastic bitch. What's her oh, name? Anne Hamilton. Yeah, because I was like, oh, well, what about those members? But no, it's just the kid. The members were also awful. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. No, but this is... Oh. Yeah. So today, we will be talking about a multitude of things. Nice. Because there's so much background. Like, I... I did so much research on this. There's so many parts. There's so many fucking parts and acts to this whole thing that, like, it's just a... Ne- it's crazy. A whole Shakespearean yeah. play. Yeah. So today, we will be talking about David Koresh, Branch Davidians, the ATF, and one of the largest tragedies in America- in the United States' government history. Uh, uh, that's a bold claim. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, it is a bold claim, but it is true. Is one of the worst, largest tragedies enacted by, I say that, okay, genocide and everything aside. Yes. And racial things aside. (laughs) a big thing aside. Yes, a big thing aside. This is, so when I say largest tragedy, I mean like centralized to specific like government agencies. So like the ATF and the FBI are involved in this. Okay. And it's just a big power struggle. What is the ATF? They are the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. What? I did not know that that existed. You know, my first exposure to the ATF was when I watched Sons of Anarchy, and I hated that bitch. I hated the bitch in charge, and I hated them. That sounds like... So I'm running a D&D campaign, yeah. and I sort of have, like, a subset group of, like, special officers yes. that are actually going to be one of the biggest bads that my group is going to work with and they're sort of like that like this very secret underground and it's run by a bitch kind of like that she's very put together and it's fun because it's a group of hillbillies so they all talk like (laughs) this and they're all like about my guns and stay off my land and it's the players are amazing they're doing a great job i love that but this bitch i think her name is like anna hop something not hop uh anna anna something Mm -hmm. and she talks like this and so she's very condescending, and it's like, okay. Why am I <laughs> so having flashbacks to my job at... Oh, no! 
Not known it. Oh no! When people would talk to me like that, yeah, and I was like, I want to, I want to punch you in the face, but I can't because I'll go to jail for assault. So this is what I imagine is running the the, the ATF. Yeah, the ATF. Yeah, it's. I was gonna say it kind of works like an offshoot of the IRS oh, uh, regarding like taxing things like alcohol, tobacco, firearms, all the shit. Oh, I will explain more okay. in depth with this. Yeah. So we have a lot of things to start on. Okay. So, so let's begin. The or so first we have to talk about the origins of the Branch Davidians, which are the people in that would be eventually attacked and sieged. So okay. this was a fifty-one day siege um, done by the ATF, mm-hmm. um, accusing the Branch Davidian leader um, David Koresh of illegally manufacturing and selling automatic weapons. So this is Whoa. what they think. This is what okay. they're. There are a whole, there's so many layers to this shit. So we were watching Shrek on Sunday. <laughs> I was about to say the same We were watching thing. Shrek on Sunday because I was tattooing Nova's wife uh-huh. and my mentor was tattooing Nova and we were like, let's watch Shrek. And you know the scene with like, ogres are like onions. We have layers like that. Yeah, it's like, there's like, a lot of layers to this. Yeah, like a cake or a parfait or an onion. Everybody loves parfaits. Everybody loves parfaits. <laughs> okay. So we're going to start with the origins of the Branch Davidians. So you know how Christianity mm-hmm. has a thousand different denominations. Yes. And, well, so there's one called the Seventh-day Adventists. They are a, uh, like, a primary, it's like a Protestant-based um, part of Christianity, but they focus heavily on the Book of Revelations. In the book of Revelations, it talks about the eminent coming of Jesus Christ. Jesus will come back to earth and take all the believers back up to heaven. Okay. Yeah. Um, in the seven, I'm just going to say SDA from now on because Seventh Day Adventist is a lot. So yeah, the SDA was really big on like, oh, we're focusing on the end times and Jesus coming back and all that shit. Um, Why are they so focused about the end time? Because then they get to go back to heaven. To be with God. Everybody's trying to escape. Yeah. Everyone's everyone's gone. Um, and so the book of Revelations, um, it's argued over whether everything that's talked about is symbolic or if it's an actual prophetic telling of the end times. But when I did some research on that, it said that the purpose of Revelation was to prepare and strengthen the Christians of Asia Minor. So they were in the Middle East. Um, mm-hmm. As addressed in the letters to the seven churches so that they will remain faithful against the impending persecution. So it was kind of like a pick-me-up of like, oh, the end times are coming. But here's like something to lift you up that we will win in the end. Like that was kind of, that's what the consensus has been about Revelations. But okay. then there are people that take it literally. <laughs> Not just a, hey, You know, like the horses okay. of the apocalypse or some shit? Like, yeah. How, so those are involved in revelations we could do a whole there's there's so much information i feel like at some point you should just cover revelations and like just talk about how crazy it is how crazy and like what it yeah (laughs) so it wasn't even like legitimately talking about the end times yeah it was again like many things in the bible it was a cultural it had cultural relevance yeah because the seven churches in these areas, like, Babylon was the enemy yeah. or something, and so that's who it was talking about. But the SDA believed in the second coming of Christ. So they were really big about that. So we're going to start with Victor Hotef. Mm-hmm. Hotef, I think that's how you say his name. In 1935, he he used to be a Seventh-day Adventist. He wrote, he was a Bulgarian emigrant, and he wrote a 172-page manuscript called The Shepherd's Rod, and he called for a reformation of Advent's 
who he claimed were too caught up in worldly pursuits to really care about, like, the second coming of Christ. So, mm-hmm. everyone's like, oh, we're, we're going to focus on the on these things now. Like, we need to focus on the current events of what's happening. He's like, you guys aren't focusing about the end of times coming, about Jesus coming back. <laughs> oh, no. However, a Bulgarian accent goes. Um, <laughs> Honestly, when you say Bulgarian, I thought you said Boldarian, and I've been playing a lot of Boulder State. <laughs> so, I was like, I don't think we're in reality right now, but, you I know. mean, where I is... That's in Europe. Bulgaria? Bulgaria. Oh, okay. Yeah. I follow. Um, So he wasn't okay with, so along with that, he also wasn't okay with the general interpretations of um, revelations. Mm -hmm. And he identified the seven seals and he wanted to make preparations for Christ's return. So he wrote a manuscript about it called The Shepherd's Rod. And the people in the church did not like it. I imagine. They didn't like it. They were like, hey, this is really, this is a lot. Like, this is a little far. Yeah. You're, so he wrote a fan fiction. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he did. Um, he was, he was disfellowshipped, disfellowshipped in 1930 because they were tired of his shit. They were like, you gotta go. Mm -hmm. But he had convinced enough people to follow him. Mm -hmm. And then they renamed themselves to the Davidians. So I was like, why... Mm. Why this name? Why Davidians? Um, apparently, so King David in the Bible, mm-hmm. he was mentioned as a righteous king, and his offspring would inherit the earth. So, Victor uh, believed that they were his offspring. <laughs> okay. And so, they would now be identified as the Davidians. Of course, because they have to be special. Yeah. Um. So, they bought property, and they named it Mount Carmel. Mm-hmm. They, uh, they bought this property... Um. It had 125 people living there. It already had it had dairy farms. It had gardens. It had a sanitarium. It had schools for children. A sewage treatment plant, like which is fucking wild. This was in 1930. Um, okay, I was about to ask what what year this was. Yes, this was 1930. Okay. Is this kind of like how like the Mormons started? Because like didn't they find kind of. some guy was like I found these tablets in my backyard. Yeah, because this also feels. I'd, was that in the 1800s or the 1900s? That that happened. I think it's an. I don't know that much about Mormonism. I just know that uh, a lot of them live in Utah and they sometimes believe in polygamy. Yeah. And so yeah. Another thing. Maybe. Maybe. What if you like covered religions? I should do that one day. <laughs> I think really. Yeah, we should. It is another true crime podcast. And there's been a lot yeah. of crime. I feel like. I feel like religions count as cults. The moment someone's like, you shouldn't leave. That's when you're like, becomes oh. a cult. Okay. So this happened in 1930. 1930. Okay. Yes. So. They bought this comp, they bought a shitload of property and they named it Mount Carmel. So it that's based on an Old Testament story of the prophet Elijah who challenged the prophets for the pagan god Baal to a competition to see whose god is actually legit. Wait, so they said your god and our god should fight on Mount Carmel? Yeah. Basically. Oh, nice. They were like, let's see whose god is real and have all of these like competitions. <laughs> Do you remember in like the Prince of Egypt? Yeah. Kind of like that, but no music. <laughs> That's boring. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I was like, can y'all leave the pagans alone, please? Yeah, no. I'm and so sure that, that happened on Mount Carmel. So did anyone, did anyone end up winning? Or were both of them like, come and do the well, fighting? The Jew- well, the Jewish people thought, Elijah thought he won. In the Bible, he won. Okay. I'm sure that the pagan equivalent, they were probably like, our God won. So again... He's fighting... Man, someone's got a tiny dick. Um, (laughs) So, again, 
Baal is the god that's fighting, right? His prophets are fighting for him. Okay, so Baal is another guy in Baldur's Gate. <laughs> are we sure that this guy didn't just create Baldur's Gate? <laughs> <laughs> well, this was way back in the day, so maybe he was prophesizing it. Ah, uh, he was like, yes, yeah. this guy named Baal. Baal is evil in there. I don't know if... Is Baal evil in paganism? Or? I have no idea. Okay, well. I believe this is an ancient Mesopotamian religion. Uh, oh, okay. I could know nothing about that. I don't either. Yeah. All my religious trauma involves Jesus. Same. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> let's continue. So this was the community center. So the Mount Carmel Center was the headquarters. And this was in Waco, Texas. Okay. And then Victor died. Yes. The guy who started the cult. Yes, he started um, who started the Davidian religion. Yes. So he died. Oh, uh, he died suddenly in when he was 69 years old. <laughs> it's funny because when I was listening to Bailey Sarians, when she brought this up, she said 69, <laughs> good age to die. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm a child. I think it's funny. Oh no, that is funny. It is. He died at 69 years old, uh, just out of the blue. And so his wife, Florence, took over after his death mm-hmm. and she sold the first property and moved to Elk, Texas. Don't know where the fuck that is. And then they established a new Mount Carmel Center that was built in 1957. Um, so one cool thing that I did learn about this was that, um, and I got this off of this one cult apocalyptic religion mm. website mm-hmm. that explains about it. Um, so it said she predicted, based on her interpretation of her husband's teachings, that God would uh, violently chastise the Seventh-day Adventists who did not accept the Davidian message and that they would be relocated miraculously to God's kingdom in the Holy Land. And the Holy Land at the time was Israel. Oh, which was great. Yeah. Why Israel? Because apparently that's a whole, that's a whole separate episode in and of itself. Okay. So for the too long, didn't read version, um, because Jerusalem is there. The Holy Land. Oh, yes, where Jesus was born or some shit? Jesus was born in Bethlehem, which is in Palestine. Did he die in Jerusalem? I honestly have no idea. What's Jerusalem? Jerusalem (laughs) is in... Is there. And apparently that's, like, where God talked about in Revelation about all of, like... Okay, so the whole thing with, like, Zionism Mm -hmm. is that... uh, Or, not Zion... Christian Zionism is that they'll collect all the Jews to go into Israel and then mm-hmm. that will trigger the rapture and then all the Christians will go up. So once all the Jews are in Israel, the rapture will happen. Yes. There's so much to it. It's bananas. So, yes. So she was like, if you guys don't, ex- so Florence Hotep was like, if you guys don't accept this, um, then you're gonna, uh, the bad things are gonna happen in the end times and we're all gonna be miraculously relocated to God's kingdom. And so this bitch said, she said, that on April 22nd, 1959, the events of Revelations would take place. In 1959? Yes. Okay. Yes. So she amassed so many more followers because of this. Because, like, the end times are coming! Okay. And there were a thousand people present in the Mount Carmel Center. They're an auditorium. Man, I hope And the world did not end. <laughs> and the world didn't end. Oh, no. That has to be so embarrassing. No, that has to be so fucking embarrassing. To just wake up and be like, well, we're still here. Because either it didn't work and you're a liar, or it did work and you didn't get taken. Yeah. And so after that, 
she dissolved the Davidian Association after her failed prophecy did not happen. The apocalypse did not happen. So, like, hundreds. So, there's, like, a thousand people here. There's a thousand people there. And they're all just, like, ready to usher in a new messianic era that's going to happen. And, like, Jesus is going to come back. And then she was disgraced. Okay. So, she got kicked out? We'll get there. (laughs) Oh, God. So... While she, while she technically disbanded, so prior to this event happening, mm-hmm. Victor had a follower named Benjamin Roden, mm-hmm. uh, and he had joined the church, and he had steadfast interpretations of the scripture, and like his own interpretations of shit, and then people started following his teachings, and Florence did not appreciate that, okay, and yeah, so yeah. they did not get along because he claimed that scripture was more malleable and could possibly change over time and so he claimed that this version of scripture was given to him by god or the branch referring to the old testament so then so he thought god came down and gave him this like little a little book group little book club and he was like yeah. here you should read this you're in my exclusive book club god put me in his exclusive book club yeah. not you so my shit's right <laughs> This is what happens when people can communicate with deities and then they're wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um so I, he so let's let's make it even better. Okay. So he claimed he was chosen by God to complete Victor Hotep's work and said, You're what like litter and obviously his wife does not appreciate that because she's like, I'm right here. Yeah. I'm yeah. right here. And so when Florence led the group at the New Mount Carmel when all the events um like when in preparation for the apocalypse on April twenty second. Ben and his wife, Benjamin and his wife, they set up headquarters in Odessa, Texas, not too far. And this is her new husband. No, so this her is, husband died. He did. Okay. He did. But then Benjamin Roden came in. Okay. And Benjamin Roden had already been one of his followers. Okay. But now he's trying to take over. Oh, okay. I got you. Yeah. I follow. So then he, so all of his beliefs and stuff, he had a little following of people that mm-hmm. were um, a behind subsect. him. Yeah. And so then he was like, we're going to call ourselves the Branch Davidians. Because God is the branch, like, of, or, yeah, God is the branch. I don't know. There's so much symbolism they in here. branched off from the Davidian church. You know what? Basically. Basically. So, one thing, so, one thing that I uh, learned was that by the time we get to branch Davidians, mm-hmm. we are two degrees of separation from the original SDA, Seventh-day Adventist beliefs. Okay. Obviously, the world not ending was really bad for her. Mm-hmm. This created a lot of distrust. People began to fracture off. Yeah. She was losing power. So then Benjamin comes in, and he uh, tries to buy the property. Ooh. So there's a legal case um, to acquire the property. So mm-hmm. there were a bunch of legal battles going over who was going to own the new Mount Carmel Center. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were other little Davidian factions. And so this went on through the 1960s and 1970s. And then eventually, Ben Roden and the General Association of Branch Davidians, Seven-Day Adventists, completed the purchase in 1973. Okay. So, basically, one of the people who I was watching, um, Wendigoon on YouTube, he basically explained, the Davidians buy property, Branch Davidians separate from the property, the Davidians lose the property, the Branch Davidians come back. Say that again. Okay. So, we have the Davidians. Yes. The original people. Okay. You have the subsect. That was created. Okay. They leave. The Davidians lose their property because the end of the world didn't happen. Now they're disgraced. Okay. All that shit. Mm-hmm. So now the Branch Davidians come back and take over that property. Okay. I, yes. I follow now. And so then whoever didn't leave, mm-hmm. 
and they still stuck around. So now Benjamin. So they just got absorbed by the Branch Davidians. Basically. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. So then eventually, after he died, mm-hmm. after Benjamin died in 1978, man, Lois, everybody's dying for real. Uh, Lois ran the Branch Davidians. So Who's Lois, Benjamin's wife. Okay. Yes. Um, so he died in 1978, but in 1977, I will say I did kind of appreciate this take that she had. Um, in 1977, she said that she had a vision and that she saw that the Holy Spirit is the feminine aspect of God. So she started teaching this vision to people and the Branch Davidians accepted that and they, uh, as her like having divine inspiration to interpret the prophecies of the Bible about the end days. So they like accepted her as an almost like another prophet. To oh. speak through. And I was like, okay. you know what? I vibe with that. Yeah. Because she was like, Holy Spirit is the feminine aspect of God. And I was like, you know what? Yeah. You know what? I like that. Yeah. I like that. Because isn't isn't their God supposed to be like not a man or a woman? Technically. Or are they like not definitely a man? <sighs> it's so, so weird. So like from what I remember, he's referred to as a male, but God mm-hmm. transcends. But then also you have people that say God transcends gender and stuff. And so I don't fucking know. Because if you say God is a woman, you're going to have the really so everyone's angry upset. conservatives yeah. like, God's not a woman, God's a man. But yeah. I imagine he's more like a Ken doll. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just God. <laughs> just God. <laughs> I very well could be a frog. <laughs> Stop. That's so good. <laughs> so, here we go. We're going to, we're starting to meet our main, we're about to meet our main character. So, Lois is running, so she's somewhat successfully running the Branch Davidians right now. Mm-hmm. And then a man named Vernon Howell joined the group. He joined in the 1980s. Howell's moving castle. Don't insult Howell like this. <laughs> Sorry. Don't do that. Um, so. Is this our big bad? Yes, this is our big bad. Oh, okay. Um, Fuck this So, guy. in comes Vernon Howell. So, now we're just going to take a backtrack back through history. And we're going to learn about the man, the villain, Vernon Wayne Howell. He was born, he is our cult leader. Oh, okay. So in 1981, he joins uh, the Branch Davidians. So we're just going to go back in time and we're going to learn about Vernon Howell. Born Vernon Wayne Howell, he was born August 17th in 1959 to his 15-year-old mother, uh, Bonnie Clark. He was born in Houston, Texas. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, I think his dad was like 19. So oh, he was no. raised, yeah, and his dad kind of yeeted out. Of course. He was raised by his grandparents in the early years of his life, and he'd eventually meet his dad when he's a teenager. He had some educate, he had some educational struggles in school because he mm. was severely dyslexic, and he had really sh- crappy eyesight. I feel so they that. Put, yeah. So they put him in the special ed classes. I feel that. <laughs> and he was bullied, mm-hmm. and was kind of lo- like kind of a lonely kid, mm-hmm. and he was given the nickname Vernie by his classmates, and he hated the nickname. Aww. We hate nicknames given to us by people we don't care for. <laughs> um, so like Mean 12-year-olds. Yeah. So, the really, really weird part, and I guess this is what happens when you're a lonely child, it didn't happen to me because I have siblings. So, he read the Bible a lot, mm-hmm. and he also learned to play musical instruments, mm-hmm. and... Even with his surprise, even with his learning disabilities and him being severely dyslexic, he was obsessed with studying the Bible and had completely, stu- like, he had it completely memorized, the New Testament. So he had half of it. He had the New Testament completely memorized. That's a lot. By 12 years old. That's a lot. That is insane. Like, that's how lonely this kid was. He was like, I'm going to find a friend in Jesus. <laughs> find a friend in Jesus. 
Jesus. That's literally what he did. Oh, no. Jesus finds a friend in you. <laughs> oh. Okay. That um, sounded creepier it, than I meant it to. It's okay. So, uh, he became a born-again Christian through the Southern Baptist denomination. <laughs> you can't see it, but I just flashed a peace sign because I was raised, ba- or I was Baptist for a little bit. Same. I grew up in the Baptist church. Cries. Okay. <laughs> Um, but he didn't vibe with their teachings, and instead, he subscribed with the SDA church. The, the, the end times are coming, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doomsday. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess if you're obsessed with the Bible and you want the end times so that Jesus can come and, like, hang out with you and, like, take you guys back up, I guess that's why he was Well, they did make best friends. Like, I know my best friend lives in a completely different country, so I, I, I feel like I understand a little bit. Yeah, but. It's like he lives far, on a different plane of existence. Yeah. So he's like. Um, let's get that passport. What's, <laughs> he was described as very overbearing mm-hmm. and constantly trying to push his own versions of their religion mm-hmm. onto the other people in the church. Fun. So he was one of those. So he would probably be like those incels mm-hmm. that go and say, like, your interpretation of this is so wrong. Like, I see this in anime spaces, and they're like, oh, clearly you don't like anime because of this, blah, blah, blah. So he was one of those, but, like, Bible edition. He was like, you're such a baka. Yeah. <laughs> Get out! I have to go. We're done. <laughs> we're, we're... The end of the podcast. This episode is done! <laughs> I need one of those AI, one of those AI voice replicators yeah. to, like, take his voice from interviews. <laughs> And have him say that. Are there interviews? Yes, he's interviewed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I forget that these are, like, really recent. This was very recent. The Waco siege happened in 1993. Okay. Again, this is where my time makes up. That was about 30 years ago. Because, like, to me, there was no cameras then. (laughs) Yes, there is lots of video evidence recordings. All of those things still happened. There's a lot of evidence about this. Imagine doing something so dumb like that. And you're, like, just on the cusp of, like, having all of your shit recorded. You're, like, I could have just been, like, a legend. Yeah. But now I... There's video evidence. Yes. Yes. Maybe really grainy video evidence, but you know. Oh, God. I see his face. I'm like, hey. <laughs> um. So here's where it gets really creepy. Okay. Okay. <laughs> he had dropped out of high school. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He had dropped out of high school, which is fine. Whatever. But he would still hang around the high school girls. And Is then, he still their age? No, he's getting older. Uh, oh, getting older. Okay. Um, and so he was officially, so he was officially kicked out of his church when, um. Oh, shit. He was officially kicked out because he told the pastor mm-hmm. that God personally told him to, uh, told him to let him marry his 12-year-old daughter. The pastor's 12-year-old daughter? Yes. I would have also kicked him out. Vernon was like, God talked to me personally and said, <laughs> I have to marry your 12-year-old daughter. And then he said, no. Yeah. That's gross. <laughs> That's the correct answer. Like, no, she's 12. Yeah. But then he got her pregnant anyways. Um, uh, what? So How old was he at this point? 19. Um, so he told the leaders of the church that God told him to do this. And that he felt God wanted him to marry her. And so he was kicked. So he was kicked the fuck out. They said, no. Nasty. Yeah. Get the fuck out. So one important thing about why, like, his whole obsession with the Bible. So he said he said God would give him revelations about the Bible. Mm-hmm. And when he spoke about God, his stutter went away. And he was able to talk 
normally. Oh. He had a stutter? He had a stutter. He was dyslexic. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so they were goodness. like, oh, it's a miracle. Like, he... Mm-hmm. He's Jesus. healed by God when really he's just confident and knows what he's talking about. Yeah. Because like, he's obsessed with it. You're sure. It, it reminds me of, if anyone's ever played Dragon Age, um, I know way too much about that world, but they have uh, religion and in one of the things, like one of the positions in that religion is a chanter mm-hmm. and the only things they're allowed to speak is essentially the like lyrics and stuff from their Bible, like oh. songs, like, like hymns and stuff, or not, they're more like Psalms from their version of like their religious text it sounds like he would be really good at that if the only thing he was allowed to say was things from the bible i mean if you hammer something into your brain hard enough yeah you're gonna have some confidence about it yeah you're gonna be like i know that like i when i'm not confident in things that i speak about i question it and say um a lot use a lot of fillers or like will stutter a little bit but i feel like that's anybody yeah yeah so i mean it's not that so everyone's thinking oh it's the Lord choosing him when really he's just... He's just confident. Yeah. He's like, I know these. Yeah. In his early 20s, mm-hmm. uh, he tried to be a rock star in LA. <laughs> what a turn. Right? Was he like a rock star for Jesus? Or was he no, just a he rock No, he would play star? actual like, like 90s rock music. Was he good at or it? Like, yeah. Oh. He's okay at it. Oh. I mean, I feel like being like sort of a rock star and a cult leader are sort of the same thing. Yeah. After he was kicked out of uh, his church, mm-hmm. he went and was traveling around. Mm-hmm. So he went to Australia. He went to Israel. He's trying to get people to come and join him mm-hmm. and come join his church. So in 1981, he would join the Branch Davidians and all that he shit. He found them and were like, yes. my home. Yeah. So um, here's where it gets real gross again. Great. At 29 years old, mm-hmm. in 1984, he married his wife, Rachel Jones, when she was 14 years old. Uh. With the permission of her long-standing member, Branch Davidian parents. How did he get them to sign off on that? It was legal in the church. It was legal in the state of Texas. Yes, yes, but how did he get the parents to sign off on that? Because he's a man of God. Was he just like Jesus told me and they were like, obviously. Nope, nope, that's exactly it. He's in charge of the cult at this point, right? No, not yet. No, okay. I don't believe so. Which is insane that Mm -hmm. you can just marry off your 14-year-old to a man who's almost 30 fucking years old. Because God said... There should be a law. There, And it was the law. You could be 14 with parental consent and yeah, get married. But there should be a law that will not allow... Like, I don't care if you have parental consent. If you are that much younger than some... If you are still a minor, it does not matter what your parents think. No. You are not you yet. No. You are still cooking. So thankfully... Or actually, no, I say thankfully. So the legal age of marriage with parental permission was raised to 16 in 2005. Do you want to know God. when I was raised to 18? Do you want to know when I was raised? Guess. Recently? Yeah. How recently? 2017, bitch. Uh, so up until 2017, if a 14-year-old's parents wanted to marry her ass off to a grown man with their parental consent, like, they were initially okay with child trafficking. With child with child, child brides. Now you know this backstory about him. Mm-hmm. Now you know, like, some of his recent things. Okay. So, um... Vernon Howell, 1981. Mm-hmm. That's when he joins uh, the Branch Davidians. So, David Buns, who was... <laughs> David Buns. I was like, such an unfortunate last name. <laughs> David Buns was, uh, he was a former member of the Branch Davidians. And he was, he described Vernon Howell as kind of a drifter. He was a very disheveled guy, obviously poor. And he either didn't have a job or he had a part-time job. So, he just roasted 
his future <laughs> cult leader <laughs> right off the bat. He said, I'm going to read you, like, I'm going to read you for rights. Yes. Uh, and Vernon got very close with Lois. Like, got suspiciously close. He was charismatic, and he was a good public speaker, and he was a musician, and so she encouraged him to, like, play music at, like, their Bible studies and shit, because, yeah. you know, every church has the person with the guitar. They were their, the music leader? He yeah. Was the, yeah. Yeah, so he would play, like, when they would have their Bible studies and shit. Um, and he had his own revelations from God about scripture, so, like... Of course, of course. Yeah. Um, and they were so close that um, the members were like, I think they're having an affair. Oh! So, which is crazy, because she's in her late 60s, and he's in his early 20s. I mean, he does marry a 14-year-old, yeah, so but I'm unsurprised no, that what, it goes both what ways. What gets nasty, what gets really nasty, is that he was like, our child together would be the son of God. Because of a 60-year-old woman. She's in her 60s. And he's in his 20s. In, like, 19-something, right? 1981. She didn't have a baby. She, there is, there's dust coming out of there. To be fair, my mom, my grandmother gave birth to my mom in her 40s. And but not 60. No. That's, you talking about geriatric pregnancy. That's, that's. Super senior pregnancy. Super senior. Does the baby get senior discounts at that point? <laughs> Oh, it's like that baby in, is coming out mummified. It's like in Glee when she was like, uh, when oh fuck, what the fuck was her name? She's an uh, she's an actual like housewife, Nene Leakes, I think that's her name. She told Sue Sylvester, uh, she was like, "You're uh, ain't nothing co- uh, coming out of those wrinkly old boobs, but uh, sand or something." Like that's <laughs> what the fuck? I know it was crazy, but like, so clearly, if a six a woman in her sixties has a baby with a twenty year old man, like yeah, of course that'd be the son of God because that's impossible. Yeah, that's, yeah, they'd have to be immaculate. <laughs> yeah, literally. Okay, um, so Lois, that is the name of the woman. I don't know if I said it or not, but if yes. I did, okay, good. So, um, in 1980, she started, I did kind of enjoy her. I did kind okay. of enjoy her. Um, so she began a publication of the journal called the Shikina, which through, like, um, it would, like, reprint newspaper articles and essays by feminist theologians and it supported her views on the feminine nature of God yeah. and the legitimacy of women's religious leaderships, which I enjoyed. I okay, thought that was yeah. cool. I'm behind that. I support this. So I'm going to interject real quick and go back to Dragon Age. Yes. The Chantry, their whole religion thing, is solely run by women. I love that. Like, men can have roles, but, like, the leadership roles, they specifically are all women because they, like, in that world, they see women and female figures as less volatile and less prone to rash decisions <laughs> so all the men can't be in like like decision making positions damn it's all women like i think they have like the mother superior and then that sounds amazing what is the name of the lady in charge i don't know it's really cool though i love that <laughs> anyway it made she reminds me of that i love that so yeah so like i enjoyed her yeah i enjoy lois because I think that is important because you don't hear about, because these religions are so heavily run by and fueled through the patriarchy. Yeah. And patriarchal views. And I mean, the Old Testament isn't known for being about women's rights. So, like, yeah, I enjoyed this. I mean, in a lot of pagan religions, the women would have roles in, like, shamanic roles and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but so Vernon Howell <laughs> I wonder actually... Why they demonized it. I wonder why! So, Vernon refused to publish the last edition of She Kina. And when Lois went ahead and did it anyways, mm-hmm. uh, 
This disobedience marked the demise of her charismatic authority. And the Branch Davidians stopped looking at her as, like, the spirit of the prophecy. Like, they stopped looking at her as, like, a prophetic person now. And so they were like, oh, well, now the spirit of prophecy moved to Vernon Howell now. Did he just convince them all of this? Because no, she they were... They just decided on their own. Yeah, they were just like, oh, well, clearly, like, it's not hers anymore. It's his now. Because she did something against what he said. And he's so charismatic. What the fuck? I know. It's so fucking weird. I'm like, y'all get swayed so easily. Yeah, Goddamn. Can't make a fucking thought for yourself. <laughs> well, no. Obviously, they need a man to do it for them. Obviously. So, Lois had a son mm-hmm. named Vernon. Mm-hmm. They'd had some problems, and he had to be sent off the property. Mm-hmm. But then he came back. Um, of course. And his name is George. And George hated Vernon. Okay. He hated the fuck out of him. Probably because Vernon had really fucking weird teachings and was fucking mm-hmm. his mom, too. Yeah, yeah, So, yeah, like... Yeah. How old is George? He was... He was in, like, 20s or 30s. Okay. Yeah. Because um, what about the same age as Vernon? Yeah. So, um, after the whole... After everyone was like, oh, the Spirit of the Prophecy has relocated to Vernon... Members are losing faith in Lois. Mm-hmm. And so in 1983, George, her son, takes over. Okay. So his first order of business was removing Vernon from, like, his power. Like, from his position. Obviously. Yeah. Because George was worried that what would happen would mimic what his own dad did, mm-hmm. which was Benjamin Roden kind of taking a set, like, making his own following of people, leaving, coming back, taking over, getting bigger. So George is like, I don't want to... A let's, repeat. Yeah, let's cut this off at the source. Yeah. Well, okay. that clearly didn't work. Yeah, no. And Vernon was getting his own following of people. I mean, obviously, if they're just like, the spirit has moved to Vernon. Like, he yeah. already has his own little posse. And Vernon annoyed the fuck out of George. Like, and he would always undercut his messages and he would be petty and shit. Mm-hmm. And so there, at one point, the building caught on fire and George blamed Vernon. And Vernon said, well, maybe God did it. Imagine, okay, so as a child, my, one of the siblings, it was not me, so it was either one of my other two siblings ripped the wallpaper in the downstairs bathroom, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. I remember my dad being like, well, y'all can't have dinner until one of you confesses to it. And so I, being the oldest and the hungriest, was like, fine, I did it. So I took it, I took the punishment, I did everything, and dad was like, don't do it again. And I was like, okay. So, I can't imagine looking my dad in the face about the wallpaper and being like, maybe God did it. (laughs) That's what I should have done. (laughs) That's what I should do if I fuck something up. Why'd you do it? Maybe God did it. Maybe God did it. Maybe it wasn't me. No one was there. I'm surprised you didn't blame Satan. I know. That seems like the better option. Because I see a lot of, like, I see a lot of hardcore christians blaming everything bad happening on satan i'm like guys poor satan what did he do what did she do girly pop what did did girly pop satan do she's just there to dish out some consequences of your actions right yeah like like you did i'm surprised that they i'm surprised that vernon blamed god and didn't blame satan well i mean if god made satan is it then god's fault Oh! <laughs> All right. Uh, so, 1984. Uh, George and his followers are done with Vernon. Nice. And so, in 1984, they force Vernon and his followers 
to leave the Mount Carmel uh, compound at mm-hmm. gunpoint. Whoa, that escalated so quickly. George was like, get the fuck out. Yeah. Or PFU. Yeah. So George is in charge and he's tired of Vernon. And so he's like, get the fuck out. Oh my God. Guns blazing. We're also in Texas. So like, are we really surprised? No, no, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Guns are very heavy in this episode too. Yeah. Oh no. I know. It's, it's a wild time. It's just, it escalated so quickly. They were just like, ah, oh, catty politics back and forth. Then guns. Oh, it gets even worse. It gets worse. I haven't even gotten to the good shit yet. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah. So now George renames it to Rodenville instead of Mount Carmel. Okay. He names it to Rodenville because his last name is Roden. And like every good cult leader, they have to rename something in their image. Well, yeah. They have to leave a legacy. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Vernon and his followers, they leave Mount Carmel. Mm -hmm. And they relocated first to somewhere else in Waco. I think it was like the other side of town. Nice. Um, And then they moved to Palestine, Texas because they were scared of uh, possibly violence from George and his followers. Okay. Um, So they were like, let's make our own compound. Yeah. So then during this time, he would go around and travel. He visited Israel and he was proselytizing. What the fuck does that word mean? Like pro... He's probably, yeah, so, yeah, doing that shit. He's preaching. Yeah. And so he's preaching in, like, different cities in America, and he went to the UK, and he went to Australia. So he's collecting people from um, all over the Western countries. And during this time, he travels to Israel, and he claims Mm. to have a vision that he's the modern-day incarnation of King Cyrus, who freed, who liberated the Jews from Babylon. Um, Why are all these cult leaders claiming to be reincarnation i don't know i'm tired of it like, i say that like i'm not gonna <laughs> fucking do jim jones next time <laughs> um oh no uh so israel uh so him going to israel and it becoming like the holy land was apparently a sign from god that the end times were coming um uh, and okay. then yeah he was uh recruiting in australia so he got the Aussies to come join him <laughs> seems like he's getting everybody from everywhere mostly like the Mostly the big Western countries. Mm, yeah, so exclusively he was, like, white people. Surprisingly, there were other nationalities of people in here. Really? Yeah. I guess I just assume because Texas, U.S., I mean, you're right. Jesus. You are correct. Oh. You're not wrong. <laughs> but there was a family from the U.K. that was black that was part of the compound. I was not. I was not expecting that. No. I'm going to be real. I was not. But I was like, surprisingly, there was a little bit of diversity in here. It was really fucking weird. That is really that was, weird. That was not on my bingo list of, like, <laughs> this group. Because, like, with the Buddhafield cult, it was mostly white people. I'm not surprised. Because... Most of these cults I've noticed. And I'm yeah. like... I think it's because, for some reason, white people need all the control. They're like, we have to control other people to be happy in our existence. <laughs> Slowly sips boba. This is brown sugar milk tea (laughs) with almond milk. I don't understand why. Because if you go so far back in like Western history, it's all about controlling other people. Mm -hmm. Like there's no like we get along. Now there are guns involved in here. Except for the Vikings. I feel like the Vikings. The Vikings are pretty cool. And the Irish. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I fuck hard with them. In 1987, Mm -hmm. Vernon goes back to Rodenville. And for some reason, so this is where it's crazy. So you know how that compound is fucking massive? Yeah. Well, 
So they have a cemetery on there. Mm-hmm. So for some fucking reason, George digs up a body buried on the property and he challenges Vernon to a resurrection competition. What is that? <laughs> what is a resurrection competition? Are they like, we're both going to die and then whoever comes back. No, they need it. to raise the person, the dead person back from the dead. Oh, wait, somebody died? They dug up a body. They, oh, God. In the no, cemetery. I did miss that. Oh, my God. <laughs> what the fuck? I know. I know. They were like, so. We'll make this person come back to life. So, Vernon went to the police. And yes. was reported George for defiling a corpse. And George said he was just moving the body. I was like, say psych right now. This person is dead they are dead decomposing and you want them to come back to life first of all how delusional do you have to be to look at this decomposing body and be like so this was all george's idea yes george is looking pretty crazy and vernon is, is looking this like the same one a random body or is it some someone a- he probably knew like, because this they've been there for a hot minute now how <laughs> he gets arrested for disturbing the peace of the dead <laughs> Death, where are you? Oh, God, no. You should make an episode, or you should do a little clip of that. <laughs> Just, like, for your TikTok. What the fuck? Poor Martha. She's like, I don't get paid enough for this. I don't get paid. Someone's trying to resurrect a corpse. Well, they're not going to get it's not gonna work. It's not going to work. Where is Girly Pop? Where is Girly, Girly Pop, Pop Satan? <laughs> okay. Um, so, after Vernon went to the police, or went to the sheriff's office, the sheriff said that there wasn't anything they can do unless there was picture evidence. Mm-hmm. So Vernon and some of his followers they, broke into Ro- into Rodenville to get evidence of these exhumed bodies, and they brought weapons with them. Oh, for self-defense, because I mean, to be fair, if they had been chased off the property the first time with guns, I guess they were like, "Well, we have to have guns to be safe." So America is a fever dream at this point. Uh, yeah, no, it all has always been. So I am confused as to. So he's doing this so he doesn't have to do this resurrection competition. I don't know why he didn't do that or why. Well, because they weren't going to be able to. Re- but also George wasn't going to be able to resurrect. Neither him. of them were going to resurrect anybody. So, like, I guess he just wants to get him arrested because, like, thinking about it, like, from if I'm trying to do, like, a man's perspective, yeah. he threatened his pride as, like. <laughs> from a man's perspective. That's what I'm thinking. I don't fucking know. I'm doing my best out here. Um. But, yeah, so they were like, okay, well, if we want to get him in trouble, we have to have pictures of the fact that he did move a dead body. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, George spotted them, and so there was an hour-long fucking gunfight between George and his followers and Vernon and his followers. Oh. No one was killed. No oh, well, was killed. that's good. Uh, but... So Vernon claims he was just investigating things that had to happen to have to do with him in Rodenville. And that he was just shooting in the air to protect himself, and he never meant to hurt anyone. Oh, no. Um, the wild part is that all of Vernon's men were acquitted, and Vernon got a mistrial. Oh. And people were, like, happy for him after the trial ended and shit, and they were hugging him. And it's because, remember, he's now he's, like, charismatic. Yeah. And everything. And so he's inviting people, including the prosecution. He invited them to the compound for an ice cream party. <laughs> I love that it's an ice cream party that they invited them to. Yeah. So, but then George was held in contempt of court because he was saying such awful things to the judge and the jury that they considered his actions 
indecent and a threat. So George is having a hissy fit <laughs> and threatening the fucking judge. Like, you sh- first of all, you shouldn't do that. Yeah, you no. do that because this person is in charge of... These people are in charge of your fate. Yeah. So if you're hostile to them, it's not going to work for you. And if, you're in Texas. Exactly. Death. <laughs> dead. You're just going to be dead. Oh, that one Parks and Rec thing with um, you under... You don't season your chicken? Jail. You do jail? this? Jail. Once George got out of jail, he found out... How long was his, he in jail? Ah, I don't know. It wasn't that long. Okay. So once he got out, he found out some of his followers had converted to Vernon's side. <gasps> and in 1989, George killed his one of his followers, Wayman Dale Adair, after saying God had shown him a new revelation. So George kills him with an axe. And he's convinced that it was Vernon trying to convince him to kill trying to convince Wayman to kill George. This George, okay, look, I know that the other guy is our big bad, but this George guy is not helping the me. The insecurity is through the fucking roof. <laughs> he was like, you wanted to fuck my mom, so now I'm out to get you. Yeah, well, like. I mean, valid, but also like. But also don't not, kill people. Don't kill a man. Because like, he was so paranoid. If you want to be the good guy, you maybe that's why everyone was going over to Vernon, because he was like, at least not killing them. Yeah. I imagine he's vaguely he's, being nice. Yeah. But what's wild, like Vernon he truly believes all of this. Like, he's not selling a lie. Like, he truly believes. Yeah. Well, maybe that's what made him so charismatic. Because people are like, like, oh, he's so genuine. I mean, if the prosecution, if he invited the prosecution over for ice cream, like, that's crazy. (laughs) I want to know if they had handmade ice cream, like homemade ice cream, or if they just bought some. Yeah. I remember as a kid, my mom used to make ice cream, and I loved her homemade ice cream, because it was more like soft serve. It wasn't like ice cream ice cream. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if they just had, like, a bunch of ice cream machines and we're just like making a bunch of (laughs) that'd be a lot of fun okay so now that george is out of the picture and Mm -hmm. he is in jail for murder um sir so vernon renamed mount carmel back to that Mm -hmm. um he is now the new leader of the branch davidians and he renames himself in 1990 so we are three degrees of separation from the original davidians okay the original davidians broke off to be a different thing yeah then they broke off the originals died or left, and then that branch came back. We have the Davidians. We have the branch Davidians with Benjamin Roden. Yeah. And now we have the new branch Davidians from Vernon Howell, who has now renamed himself, and I shall now refer to him for the rest of the episode as David Koresh. Okay. And I was like, what the fuck? How do you get that name? So, as all these cult leaders giving themselves fucking new names and shit. He renames himself to David for his first name as a reference to King David. What? Yeah, right. Like, Branch Davidium wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. You renamed yourself, whatever. (laughs) And then, since he had, since going back to his information, where he uh, believed himself to be, like, the modern-day incarnation of Cyrus, he changes his last name to Koresh, which is the Hebrew pronunciation of Cyrus. Okay. Um, so now, we are caught up with that. We're going to talk about the teachings of David. So, did they move in to George's place, or are they still at war with George? No, so George is gone. Yeah. They moved back to the original Mount. Okay. They moved back to the Mount Carmel Center. I need you to re-say how George died. Or how he left. George was put in jail. Okay. For murder. Okay. Axe murder. Okay, I follow. Sorry. Yeah, he I'm killed- like- there's I, so much information. I have the worst brain fog, too, so I'm, like, coming in and out. <laughs> no, it's fine. There's so much information. In 1986, he claimed a divine mandate to take other spiritual lives 
from among the young women and girls in the community. And this was a practice called spiritual weddings. Mm -hmm. So he was allowed to bed any God-chosen females at any age. Gross. Gross. Nasty. Gross. And he really thinks God is telling him to do this. Like, he looks at a 12-year-old and goes, yes. Is this before or after he married the 14-year-old? This is after. So he's still legally married to Rachel Jones. Ah! The 14-year-old. He's still married to her. That nasty that's disgusting nasty um and then in 1989 he began teaching that all the women of the community including the ones that were already fucking married were his wives and all of the men other than himself had to be celibate why 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 i think this is the first no yes this is the first cult that we've talked about where he is impregnating yeah. and marrying the other ones, which is surprising because you usually get to that first when you talk about cults. But yeah. we had Anne Hamilton Byrne, and she was just stealing kids. Yeah. Then we had the Bluefield cult, and Jaime Gomez was not trying to fuck any vaginas. No. <laughs> he didn't want any kids. That that queen was not no. here for it. So he, I think it's kind of wild that it's taken us- men and yeah. nipple tweaking. <laughs> not the nipple tweaking! So I think it's wild that it's taken us these many episodes to get to mm-hmm. impregnating the women in the cult. And not even women, not even just women, teenage girls. Yes. No, children. Children. Yes, children. Because teenagers are children to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I, like. Anyone younger than, like, 21 to me is a child. Yeah. Like, you are, I, to myself, am a child. I still feel very, but I. But, like. Yeah, I still feel like a child. I'm like, me getting married? I'm only 26. Yeah. <laughs> And you are married! I am married. Well, I still usually can't believe it, but then also, like, I feel too young to be- I feel like a child bride. I think I've said that before. Like, I fully- Child brides that are- that can't have- you've been able to legally buy alcohol for how long now? Uh, For a long time. (laughs) Yeah, so I think you're good. I don't know how this man Mm -hmm. is looking at teenage girls and going, that's what I want. Because I'm like, I look at a teenager and I'm like, you might insult me. Yeah. You might judge middle schoolers, monsters. Absolute monsters. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Okay. So, um, just like some random shit that I was looking up, because I was like, what what did he teach? Like, what was it about this cult? <laughs> um, so the women had to wear long glasses that covered their backsides, they couldn't wear makeup, and they couldn't wear jewelry. Um What is that against makeup? I don't fucking know. They said no Fenty Beauty for you. It's not it's not natural. Uh, so they were forbidden from eating sugar, dairy, or processed flowers. He said dairy products are made from milk, which is baby food. Milk is what you drink when you're a baby and we're adults. I mean, that's not, he's not wrong. Yes, but also milk is not breast milk, which is what babies drink. Yeah. Uh, Milk, I mean, milk is technically baby food for cows. Cow's milk is technically for cows. So like, I can understand it to an extent and humans aren't technically supposed to consume milk past like the toddler age because of the growth hormones meant for calves is like fine for little kids yeah and toddlers but like that's why a lot of adults are lactose intolerant because our bodies don't have the enzyme for it yeah but also what confused me with that and i was like then why was he inviting the prosecution over for for ice ice cream cream. parties yeah maybe he just made excuse because like maybe this wasn't added until later yeah because the branch davidians weren't like at the time of that trial he wasn't in charge isn't all processed flour isn't all flour processed it's like you have to grind it down and stuff it's like white flour because you have to bleach it oh like bleached flour and shit i guess that's 
fine. But still, you can't eat any of the fun things. Let people have good stuff. Let people, life is sad enough. Let them enjoy some cake. No, for real. Let them have a cookie. Let them have some ice cream. Yeah, come on. Um, apparently rigorous discipline for the children, mm-hmm. but it wasn't anything in, I mean, yeah, the spanks, spanking and shit, but it wasn't anything out of the ordinary for like Christian parents raising their kids. Yeah. So it wasn't like abuse. Did they okay. do the blanket training? Oh my God. I don't know. Probably. So it wasn't anything out of the norms for Christianity yeah. discipline standards. Normal Christian abuse. Yeah. Okay. Um, so David said that they were the chosen people to survive because David was the son of God. But he's Jesus now? Or is he just Jesus's brother? Um, <laughs> his oh, half-brother? I'm about to get there. About to get there. It's not, it's not cute. <laughs> also, David would separate families from each other. Why? So... If a mother and a child had a closer relationship than him and the child, he'd send that fucking kid to go live with another parent because everyone was a parent in there. So he was like, I have to be closest to the mom. No, I have to be closest to the kid. He has to be, he has to have a closer relationship with the child. So if, so why would he send the kid away to go live with somebody else? I don't know. Cause he's a fucking psycho. Cause he's a fucking predator. Yeah. Well, yes, that's very obvious. Oh, he also taught the Branch Davidians that he was to father 24 children, that these children would be raised within the community and would eventually serve as the 24 elders spoken of in the book of Revelation who would rule during the millennium. Okay, I'm sorry. So here comes the breeding. How? Oh, How? That's a lot of fucking. Yeah. That's a lot of That's probably why he was able, that's probably why he was marrying all these fucking how does he have time to do anything else? I don't know. It's really weird, but he didn't get to that many. He only got to 17. Oh, that's too many. That is way too many. That's didn't, how many kids did 19 kids in counting have? 19. Just 19? Just 19. Why do I think they had more? Well, they did have, they miscarried a 20th, but I was like, you guys have oh, 19 yeah. other children. Why don't you love them? Because <laughs> there's 19 of them. Yeah, and also because it's not a fetus. Uh, they don't care about it once it comes out. Uh, that's typically how it goes. Okay. Uh, so along amongst his spiritual wives, cause he is legally married to Rachel Jones, who he married as a teenager. Yes. Nasty. Okay. Amongst his spiritual wives were Michelle Jones, okay. who was Rachel's sister. And she was 12 when he spiritually married her. So she was below the legal age of consent in Texas, which is nasty. Then there was another girl named Kiri Jewell, who said that Koresh molested her when she was 10. Pretends oh. to be shocked. A lot of these women believed it was an honor to have a child with David, and the parents consented to their young daughters having these illegal marriages. And by 1993, he had fathered 17 children by eight different people. I don't want to say eight different women because They're these children. are not women. <laughs> yeah. Because half of these are not women. Oh my god. What was the oldest person he had a kid with? I don't know. Oh, okay. I There was a Japanese woman that he married... And he had a son with, but she looked like she was in her 20s. Quote, unquote, married. Quote, unquote. Not actual. Okay. So here is his own. So these are, this is like, so he started his own interpretation of revelations, you know, the doomsday thing. Yeah, of course. So he said that the Lamb of God in the scripture has been, was referring to him. 
Uh, of course, of course. Yes, he claimed to be so. the Lamb of Revelation and the Christ in the last days, which is wild because most of the time when people talk about the Lamb of God coming yeah. back in Revelations, they're talking to Jesus coming back. Like, mm-hmm. heavens splitting, him coming down, whatever. So he's just the reincarnation of Jesus. Well, here we it gets worse, or it gets weirder. Okay. So David's version is that Christ is not exclusive to the Son of God, but it's a name given to any Son of God who carries and spreads God's message. So technically... If I were to spread and carry God's message, I could be Christ. <laughs> so he said, fuck Wait, the actual don't Jesus. don't you have to be a man, though? Well, shit. <laughs> okay, well, if I was a man, which I am not, mm-hmm. but if I were, and I were to just carry out and spread God's word, I am the new Christ. So he didn't think he was the reincarnation of Jesus, but he considered himself to be Christ. And I'm like, homie. I feel like you are missing a very vital part of Christianity. Isn't there a thing about the Antichrist, how he's supposed to come back oh. and essentially imitate everything that Christ did? <laughs> yeah. That's what these like, religious cults make me think of. When they're like, I am Jesus. Why has like, it taken us so long to get to this revelation? <laughs> Why is it... <laughs> Avoidance? I'm surprised... I'm surprised that nobody accused them of being the Antichrist because the Antichrist is supposed to be very charismatic. Well, they're not supposed to... Yeah. And And they're supposed to be like... That's how he tricks them. Yeah. That's why I'm surprised no one accused him of being the Antichrist. people like us that go, wait, isn't that supposed to be what that is? Yeah. Yeah, And then they get mad at you. It's It's usually people that aren't Christian that have like the most background knowledge. Yeah. They're like, huh, this is weird. That also have to do with like the cultural backgrounds and shit. So, David intended his interpretation of Revelation to be the final and definitive understanding. So, his is correct. Everyone else is around. Of course. Obviously. And then, oh, I hate him. God, I hate him. He reported to have experienced a vision when he was in Israel in 1985. He claimed that he had visited heaven, was acknowledged by God as his son, and was given the ability to see the true meaning of the Bible. Like, what kind of drugs were you on? I want to know what drugs he's on. I would like some of those. I want to try that shit. I want to see God. Yeah. I, I mean, want to see the Christian God. I want to be like, what's up, homie? You're like, hey, okay. This makes more sense. This makes more sense. Which is crazy. Um. So, and then David told his followers that they would be fighting the armies of Babylon, the wicked world around them, mm-hmm. in the final days of Earth. So, but, but here's where you need to remember this. Mm-hmm. They have to stay until the end. Okay. They have to stay until the end. So they have to stay alive. But they get characterized as being a doomsday cult of they'll all kill each other. They'll kill themselves if the leader is gone. So just remember this. That they're supposed to be fighting the armies of Babylon. So they're supposed to stick around as long as fucking possible until the end times. There was an interviewer who asked one of the members if they thought that David was the son of God. She said, I hope he is. What do you mean you hope? I feel like you should should know. Jennifer Lawrence, what do you mean? What? Huh? What do you mean? So, like I had said, when I said, remember that they're supposed to be waiting mm-hmm. until the end time. So, they're supposed to survive and stockpile food and get things ready for the final coming of days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what's wild is that the narrative pushed by the media is that David viewed himself as God. And that her, uh, his followers were just a regular old doomsday cult that believed in the glory of their own deaths so and like end times. religion. Yeah. But, um... But that's not what happened because unlike other cults, the Branch Davidians didn't believe they had a higher purpose or like a different state of existence if they died. They were like, we're all just going to die. Yeah. 
But like the whole point of them, at least David Koresh's version of the Branch Davidians, is that they're supposed to fight in the end times. So okay. they're supposed to survive. Were they but like training? Almost. I wouldn't say training, but they're supposed to be like fight the wickedness of the world when the rapture happens. Okay. But just remember that because then the media is going to portray them as they'll kill themselves if he's dead. Okay. Yes. There was an interview and one of the inter- one of the people that was interviewed said, I think in the case of the Davidians, if people had listened carefully to the rhetoric with an ear toward an understanding of religious apocalyptic language, they probably would not have been worried about them using these weapons against their neighbors because they stopped. There's a reason why they had all these weapons. Yeah. They had a lot. But it wasn't for anything elite. They did. They weren't doing anything illegal. Like, we were just making an army for God. <laughs> well, they sold, actually, like, someone in the cult had a what would build weapons and he would sell them at gun shows. Uh, oh. So, yeah, so he had a gun store. They also had a car repair service shop there. So they the, had all these guns just because they're in Texas. Okay. But that's not what the ATF believed. It's okay. crazy. David is full on Delulu. Okay. Yeah. Most what's crazy is most cult members are always trying to sell something or assert their dominance like we like how we saw with Anne with her fucking dosing everybody, sending them off mm-hmm. to the loony bin or with Jaime Gomez like gaslighting people into thinking, "Well, maybe you're just not ready." Mm-hmm. But David legitimately believed this shit. He legit thought he was, like, had a message from God and he was supposed to father these fucking kids. Like, he really believed, oh, I'm only doing this because God told me to do it. There was no, like, alternative motive? No. Because of God. Just Jesus. Yeah. That's fucking wild. That's fucking wild. Okay. Uh, former followers, concerned relatives, anti-cult activists, and journalists were telling the police that there was shit going down in Mount Carmel. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was child abuse because, you know, fucking children, children is disgusting. Mm-hmm. And it was still happening. And they were telling stories about how it was a depraved group of monsters and how the adults were super abusive. Mm-hmm. And concerned relatives of people in this cult were scared it was going to be another Jonestown. Oh. For those of you that don't know, I'm going to do a too long didn't read because this will probably be my next episode. Because instead of going in order, I'm just <laughs> going backwards. Yeah. Um, Jim Jones was a cult leader who brought like 900 people to a plantation in South America. Yeah. And when the Americans tried to intervene, he had them drink the Kool-Aid. That's where the term drink, drink the Kool-Aid, Kool-Aid came from. But it was a mass suicide. So this had happened prior to, so people are very wary when it comes to cults. Understandably so. Mm-hmm. The relatives of people in the Branch Davidians are like, we're scared that this might happen. Yeah. There was a man named Mark Brault. He was a a cult leader from, like, Hawaii Mm -hmm. who tried to join the Branch Davidians. He got kicked out. So he made allegations against David about gun stockpiling and adultery and, like, massive rampant abuse of children Mm -hmm. to just get back at him. So what's crazy, unlike other cults that you can that you sometimes see they were considered normal in terms of like freely leaving the compound like they didn't have to stay there yeah they could come and go if they wanted they regularly interacted with the public Mm -hmm. people had jobs they would have like little events and stuff like they would convert the auditorium to a movie theater and even though they weren't allowed to eat dairy they would still have ice cream parties with the people of waco texas so like the people were allowed to eat the ice cream but not yeah so they had an open door policy to like People could just come in yeah. and listen to David talk, or they could just hang out, like almost like a community center. I was about to say, so this is more like a church than a cult at this point. 
So it's still a cult, but they opened their doors to the community to come hang out with them. Well, that's how they get more and members. That, no, that is how they got members. There were some people who joined because mm-hmm. they legitimately thought they were cool because David had a band and <laughs> they toured local bars and they weren't playing Jesus music. They were playing like 90s rock music at the time. That's so wild. Yeah, that's why I'm like, this is, that's why people were like, he didn't have an, like, if you look at him, he didn't seem to have an ulterior motive. Yeah. He really believed in all this shit, but he also pretended to act like a normal guy. I mean, no normal man has 17 children with a bunch of women yeah. and teenagers. I feel like you have to keep driving that home because my brain wants to forget that no, part. No, same. I'm just like, he seems fine. Oh, no, he literally sexually assaulted yeah, children. Yeah, no, because, so when I watched the documentary by uh, by Wendigoon, mm-hmm. at first I was like, oh my God, like this is awful because I didn't know like all the things that David Koresh yeah. did. And then I was like, no. I have to remind myself because then hearing what eventually happens, that's yeah. why I was like, I'm kind of siding with the cult here, but not David because he's gross. Because he is gross. Okay, yeah. Because yeah. he's nasty. So then in 1992, following two child custody cases, Texas's CPS, they investigated alleged claims of child abuse going on at Mount Carmel. Uh-huh. Um, just because former members would report David spanking young children and babies, including one of his sons. But um, after visiting Mount Carmel three separate times to interview like, the adults and the children, they did uh, examinations on 12 of the kids. They didn't find any evidence of abuse, and the investigation was dropped. Even the people that he was married to? They didn't go that far into that one. Oh, Yeah, fucking weird. And so the website I was on said, it's likely some of the corporal punishment of children at Mount Carmel did take place. However, in line with conservative protestant child discipline practices of spanking your kids okay well they yeah were like, so it wasn't uh, anything out of the no- it wasn't like beating them for fun it wasn't like Anne Hamilton. yeah it's not like crazy hitting them but like just things that are fine with your religion oh god fucking weird but because of cps coming down mm-hmm. now the people of waco are sus as hell they're like yeah. that's weird so now their view of the former like positively looked at branch davidians yeah. has shifted okay future nova again this is where we're going to end the first part of the branch davidian cult and we're going to come back next week with a second part so i hope you really enjoyed this part because if you liked this part you're going to like the next part just as much uh you get to hear me get really really angry for a lot of reasons so it's going to be just as much fun, if not more fun, as this episode. So we will see you next week with the second part of the Branch Davidian Cult. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope y'all are enjoying this episode. Thank you for listening to another true crime podcast with your hosts, Nani and Nova. Directed and produced by the How Did We Get Here Productions team. Our music is Ghost by Tim Beak at timbeak.com. And a special thanks to our listeners for all your love and support.